What's in store for ministries in 2019? News, insights, trends, and brand new resources for ECFA members. We're excited to give you a VIP first look at what's to come. Pursuing God-honoring responsible stewardship in governance, financial accountability, and fundraising. Welcome to the Excellence in Ministry podcast from ECFA. Happy New Year. This is Vana Lau from ECFA, and we're so glad you've joined us for another Excellence in Ministry podcast. Today is a very special episode as we're kicking off season two of our podcast and another brand new year full of great content for our podcast community. And I'm also excited as we start 2019 that this is ECFA's 40th anniversary, and that gives us something special to celebrate. And with this new year, we want to give you, our podcast listeners, a VIP first look into what we have in store at ECFA in 2019 as well as some insights into trends and important developments we see coming for leaders this year. I know that's a lot, that's a tall order, but I'm excited to have ECFA President Dan Busby and Vice President Michael Martin join me today. Thank you both for being on the podcast. It's my pleasure. Good to be with you, Vanna. And Happy New Year. Absolutely, (laughs) same to you. Maybe before we start looking ahead to 2019, we wanna take one quick item that would highlight looking back into 2018, and that's the recently released State of Giving report. Dan, would you mind giving us a little explanation about the report and what some of the trends are that we're seeing that would be important for ministries? Yes, Fauna, we've been annually analyzing giving trends for 10 years at ECFA, and the 2018 State of Giving report that was just released uh, a few months ago um, showed that in total, uh, ECFA's members uh, had an increase of 5.9% in cash donated giving for the most recent year compared to the previous year. And this is the largest increase that we've seen in three years. Uh, the 5.9% compares with a 2.2% increase for the previous year. And so so overall, things, things are looking up. Uh, but by ministry size, uh, we saw some significant differences for ministries of 50 million and higher, the increase was 6.8%, but for ministries less than a million dollars, it was actually a decrease of 3.1%. And so that, uh, you know, that, that's a challenging, challenging situation for the, for the smaller ministries. But overall, the, uh, the giving in the most recent study shows a, a very significant increase. Of course, each year uh, is is its own uh, presents its own challenges, and so uh, it's not necessarily a predictor for what we're going to see in 2019. But it is a a good benchmark to uh, look back to that uh, previous year data. Well, that's great information. I think that's kind of the good news, bad news side of things. There's both in in that information, but certainly the 5.9 percent this year is encouraging for us. So uh, as we look at encouraging news and challenges, uh, let me maybe use that to segue into Michael. Can you give us an update on some court challenges that have come up that may impact some of the listeners? Absolutely. I'm not sure it's fair that you give me the challenges to cover, but I'll do my best. I'll let you start that way and then we can build from there. <laughs> yeah, let's let's build from there. So, yes, let's talk about a couple of the court challenges that we see impacting 
and these aren't just church cases. I would say there's tend to be, you know, have been a focus on, you know, the two that I'll talk about, the housing exclusion and also the Form 990 exemption as being cases that impact only churches, but that's really not the case. There are some ministries out there that uh, would employ ministers, so the housing allowance case uh, would be important to them, as well as the 990 exemption, those nonprofit organizations that have church status with the IRS that are exempt from filing the Form 990. Definitely be paying attention to a couple of uh, developments here. So maybe taking them one at a time. The first is the challenge to the minister's housing allowance. Uh, and I should say both of these cases brought by the same organization, the Freedom From Religion Foundation. So just to give you that context of who's challenging these, um, FFRF, Freedom From Religion Foundation. So on the housing exclusion, what we've seen here, and this has been an ongoing saga in some ways uh, of the organization trying to challenge the constitutionality of the housing allowance. And the case that we're focused on right now uh, was brought in the Western District of Wisconsin challenging the portion of that statute that applies to housing allowances that are provided to to employees who qualify as ministers. So not necessarily related to those that maybe would be in like a parsonage or a home that's owned by the organization. But you know, that challenge was brought several years ago. Where we are today, fast forward a little bit, the case is currently on appeal at the Seventh Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals. So that's one level below the U.S. Supreme Court. The most recent development that we saw there, Vana, was that the oral arguments uh, in the case took place in October, and we're expecting a decision by the appeals court sometime early in 2019 is, is what we expect. One important note is that the appeals court actually technically has jurisdiction just over three states, over Wisconsin, Illinois, in Indiana. But if the court rules that the housing allowance is unconstitutional, there is the possibility, there is precedent that the IRS could actually decide for administrative reasons to apply that decision nationwide. So it's not necessarily something that just folks in that state, those ministries in those states should be paying attention to, but all of us. And there is the possibility that either way that this could go on even another level to the U.S. Supreme Court. So I think it's one of those, stay tuned for more updates. Excellent. And the 990 exemption, can you give us a brief update on what that consists of? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a similar flavor. Uh, another organization related to Freedom From Religion Foundation called Non-Belief Relief uh, brought this challenge, really saying that the quote-unquote church exemption to the IRS Form 990 filing is unconstitutional. Now, there are some ministries. Most of the nonprofits that are out there, ministries, are familiar with that form, so I won't go into all the details about the Form 990, but those who are currently recognized as churches with the IRS and are exempt from that filing should pay close attention in this case, because although the organization, uh, you know, it, we, we hear about the case a lot in terms of churches being exempt. I know a lot of nonprofits are entitled to that exemption as well. That case was just brought later in 2018, so it's still in its very early stages and definitely more to come in 2019 in terms of development. So stay tuned to the news at ecfa.org, uh, as well as the nonprofit Pulse for more updates. Excellent. Well, thank you for that. And speaking of updates and, and staying on top of things, tax reform, we spent all of 2018 trying to decide what that meant and how that would impact individuals and organizations. And we're in early 2019. I think we're still trying to figure that out. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people say, wait till April when they filed their tax returns, and then we'll really know what the impact would be. But just to highlight a few things, first of all, the individuals 
that donate really are the largest source of contributions in the United States. About $281 billion is given annually by individuals, and that makes up over 70% of overall giving. So when they're impacted, ultimately our organizations may feel some of that impact. The changes that impacted the individual taxpayers would include things that happened on the Schedule A for those who itemize, you know, miscellaneous uh, deductions going away, the decrease in the amount of state and local income taxes that can be claimed, and then obviously by almost doubling the standard deduction, that will eliminate a number of taxpayers filing the Schedule A and itemizing already. So before it was estimated that 25 to 30% of taxpayers itemized, and now it's expected that that may only be about 10% with those changes that have taken place there. So that impacts the individuals. It really had minimal impact on the nonprofit employers, other than maybe making individuals aware of what those changes were. But nonprofit organizations, ministries as a whole, I think are still sitting back waiting to see what the impact will be on contributions. And my prayer is that it doesn't impact them significantly. You know, I've even said I'd love for the ministry community to stand as a testimony if other contributions in other nonprofit industries do decrease, that maybe that wouldn't happen in the religious community. And it would be because we weren't actually giving for the tax deduction. We were giving because the Lord led. Uh, We'll see what that looks like. But, you know, previously when tax reform happened in the mid 80s, there was concern that that would have significant negative impact on contributions. And if you look at giving over the last four decades, there really was just hardly a blip then, and contributions continued to increase. So we'll see. Let's get through 2019, especially through maybe April, and and see how that begins to impact it. That's one piece of tax reform. Another piece of tax reform impacted what we referred to as the parking tax. And so with that and some other things that are happening on Capitol Hill, Dan, would you walk us through some of those? Sure. 2018 was certainly a year that we focused on the nonprofit parking tax that was included in the tax reform bill that was passed late in 2017. It applies to employer-provided parking expenses paid or incurred from January 1, 2018 forward, and nonprofits are subject to unrelated business taxable income at the rate of 21% on the cost of providing parking to their employees. The good news is there is a $1,000 per year floor before it becomes taxable. So early in 2018, ECFA jumped into the fray to try to get the parking tax repealed or the impact of it minimized. Uh, We had over 2,700 organizations sign on to a petition that we delivered to Capitol Hill. But it wasn't until December 10 of last year that the IRS finally issued guidance that nonprofits may rely on until regulations are issued. And one thing is clear from those new regulations. If a nonprofit has reserved parking space for employees, a part of the organization's total parking expenses will be subject to the tax calculation. Uh, Nonprofits do have until March 1, 2019 to remove assigned parking. So I think there's some of those Reserve parking signs that are going to come down by March 1 of this year. Very likely. Uh, so and to, to recap the, the basics here, an organization is not subject to the nonprofit parking tax if the organization's parking facilities, 
do not have any reserved employee parking and are not used primarily by employees. What we hope for this year, perhaps in the second quarter, is a repeal of this legislation that would take away the burden from nonprofits to even worry about the calculation of, of this tax. Um, another thing we will continue to push for in 2019 is the uniform charitable giving deduction. Uh, we pushed for that in 18. We were not successful in, in seeing that come in, into play, but we think that is very important to allow every taxpayer to get a tax ben benefit from a charitable deduction through what is often referred to as an above-the-line deduction. So that's just a little update from Capitol Hill for 2019. Well, we're never bored. Being, being this close and involved with those issues, we find that we're never bored. So right. <laughs> uh, most of those have a, a tax or an accounting implication, which leads me to just the accounting standards that changed. Uh, this will be the year that if your financial statements haven't changed to reflect the new accounting standard, it will happen. So. Previously, we would see the columns for unrestricted and temporarily restricted and maybe permanently restricted, and that will change now to with donor restrictions and without donor restrictions. There will be additional footnotes. Uh, we'll have a liquidity footnote now. So your ministries will make it easier for the readers of the financial statements to really understand the financial condition of your organization. And one of the other things that is a bigger piece of that is the functional allocation of expenses. So ministries have always needed to disclose their expenses by total program administration and fundraising, but that could be done at a really, really high level. I mean, literally just those three numbers. And now there will be a requirement and you can do it a number of different places. You've got some options as to where you display the information, but you'll give more of a breakout by natural classification of expenses. So of your salaries and benefits, how much of that is in those three categories of travel and office and facilities and depreciation, any of those, you're going to break that out now so that, again, the readers of, of the financial statements have that information and can see how those expenses are allocated. So those are some big pieces. Lease accounting is changing. If you've got some significant leases in your organization, you should be working with your CPA to make sure that that's being handled uh, in the best way possible to prepare you for that implementation. And exciting to me is that this year, uh, we will be able to release the new accounting and financial reporting guide for religious organizations. It's exciting to all of us. Okay, okay. Well, <laughs> I just, I'm excited because for years I've used this. I mean, I remember when I started in public accounting in the mid 90s, that book was given to me right away. And it was something that we referred to and used a lot with ministries that we worked with. I would say most ministries that I walk into their office, they had a copy on their desk. And the last time this was updated was 2001. So it's been a while, but at the same time, God's timing is good because now we were able to update it for all of those new standards changes that have taken place. So it will be completely up to date and we look forward to that release coming in the spring of this year. So we've got some other exciting resources, uh, especially related to what we're deeming the year of excellence and governance this year. So Dan, maybe speak a little bit about that focus and emphasis that we've got. Yes, um, 2019 is ECFA's 40th anniversary. 
And so we've decided to call it the Year of Excellence in Governance. And uh, included in that emphasis uh, will be uh, the release of several books. Um, We have just released the second edition of Lessons from the Nonprofit Boardroom, written by John Pearson and somebody on this call. Um, That would be Dan. Somebody with great knowledge and experience. And uh, later this year, we intend to release more lessons from the nonprofit boardroom and and with the more lessons we will also have a weekly blog post by a leader in the nonprofit community so those those blog posts will be out there uh, late in 2018 we release the council uh, which is a book written by Gary Hogue, Wes Wilmer, and Greg Henson, where they took a deep dive into what the Bible says about governance. And another book that we're working on and expect to release mid-2019 is one entitled Tools and Templates for Effective Board Governance. So so a lot of books uh, are coming. Uh, we, um, we introduced the Nonprofit Governance Survey late in 2018. And here in 2019, we're going to release three reports uh, written by our head researcher, Dr. Warren Bird, um, on the the results of the nonprofit governance survey, and wrap that up with a with a combined a combined report. Um, but Vana, maybe tell us about um, uh, some forums that are being planned. Another thing that I'm really excited about is that we have really seen where boards are starting to take their fiduciary responsibility more seriously. They understand the importance of good board governance in serving ministries, and yet they haven't really had the opportunity to have the types of resources that you were just referring to, Dan, uh, available to them, and training so that they can do their role uh, even better. And so fall of this year, we are going to hit the road. (laughs) We're going (laughs) to... Road warriors that we are, we're going to add some days. And we've got 10 different cities across the United States where we are going to hold these excellence and governance forums. One day, we would encourage all of the CEOs, executive directors to bring their board members with them. Uh, We'll have no breakout sessions. We are all going to stay together. General sessions, some video presentations by some of the country's leading governance experts, and then opportunities throughout the day to visit about those concepts around the table with your organization, your leaders, your uh, board members. So our desire is that with the resources we provide, the training that you're going to receive that day, and then the opportunity for you to sit together and really digest it and take the or come up with the takeaways that you'll take back with you that this will impact your organization for a long time to come. And these forums are free to ECFA members um, leaders and their board members, which is which is also exciting. And I'll just tag one more thing in. Um, late in 2019, we expect to release nonprofit board score, which is uh, an interactive self-assessment for nonprofit boards. So nonprofit boards can respond to uh, to a limited number of statements and get immediate feedback on their screen, which they can also print out. Uh, and to save and uh, and it will be it'll be feedback on how they're doing in in board governance compared to best practices and so uh, it'll be a, a first of a kind self-assessment for nonprofit boards 
So I think what you guys are saying is that 2019 is not just going to be the year of excellence and governance, but it's going to be the year of abundance of resources. That's right. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. For anyone that thinks that we're ever bored around here, I can assure you, we are not. <laughs> <laughs> we are not. That is so true. And I was also just thinking, too, as well, last year we saw the the whole relaunch of the ecfa.org website for nonprofits, uh, which was so exciting. We've gotten lots of good feedback on that. So if, if you're a listener out there and you have not been out to ecfa.org recently, you need to get out there because the new website, uh, it's great, very user-friendly. It's going to be the host of a lot of these resources that we're talking about. As Dan mentioned, the new assessment that's coming out, as well as uh, one other resource I thought I'd mention as well. Dan talked about the parking tax. So you can go out and find out on our webinars on demand. We recorded a great podcast at the end of 2018 to really help folks walk through, you know, does it apply? What are the calculations? Uh, and that's a great webinar that you might want to take a look at as well as some of the other resources that are out there on ecfa.org. Well, and the website is a great reminder with that change that that happened. And with that, there was some uh, launching of new application process. And Michael, would you just walk us through kind of where we're at with ECFA membership? I think there are some exciting things happening there as well. Absolutely. So if your ministry has not become ECFA accredited 2019, mark it down as the year to become accredited. Uh, because as Vana mentioned, along with the rollout of the new website, there's actually a change in the process by which an organization would apply for accreditation where we know you're busy, we know you have a lot going on. So we made some changes in our process to make it easier for you uh, and to also provide some hands-on assistance with guidance from an ECFA advisor to help walk you through the process. So really encourage folks to check that out. And as Vonna mentioned, coming up on another historic milestone uh, of 2,300 uh, members that are accredited by ECFA today. Day. And in 2018, we saw a record number of applications come in by organizations that are seeking ECFA accreditation. So all in all, it's, uh, it's a great, exciting time to be a part of ECFA. And if you're not yet a member, we encourage you to become part of the community. Well, it is exciting. It's exciting to be part of ECFA and to interact with our members. Uh, but we know that as busy as we are, our members are uh, likely just as busy and trying to accomplish the things that God's called them to do. And and with that in mind, Dan, could I ask you as we're closing to just say a prayer of blessing over our ministries and our listeners for 2019? Yes. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for each ministry that is represented on this podcast today. I thank you for, uh, for the impact that that their ministry is having perhaps in the United States and, and maybe even around the world. And so as, as each ministry discerns direction from your Holy Spirit for their ministries in 2019, I just pray that you will protect them, bless them, and give them even an expanded impact in 2019. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks, Dan. And thanks, Michael, for joining us on the podcast. I love the insights that you both had to share with us. You know, I often refer to ECFA as being nimble and marvel at all we get done uh, and all we are blessed to be able to take part in. 2019 is going to be no different. I can see it's going to be quite a year. And we just rest in knowing that God is faithful and he has great plans in store for the ministries we work with. So to all of our listeners, we so appreciate each of you and the ministries we serve. We do pray that 2019 will be a wonderful season of ministry and we look forward to serving you throughout the year. 
Thanks again for tuning in today, and we look forward to being with you again soon for another Excellence in Ministry podcast.